0: Yeah. Hello and welcome to a brand new ArsBlog Arscast right here on Arsblog.com. How are you? Hope you're well. Today's show features a very special guest. You know who it is because, you know, we've been teasing it a bit over the weekend on the, the social media and also because, you know, it's the title of the episode. So, you know, I'm, I'm not giving anything away. It is former Arsenal player, former Arsenal captain, Cesc Fabregas. This is an interview that has been in the works for, I would say, At least nine months, maybe a year. And it's one of those things that's quite difficult to organize because, well, the life of a professional footballer um, means that they're, uh, you know, they're sometimes at home. They're sometimes not at home. They're traveling or they're not traveling. And also, Sask is someone who has a young family and with kids. That's another thing that has to be prioritized over, you know, an interview uh, for an Arsenal podcast. Um, But we did get it organized, you know, after much back and forth, a bit of wrangling here and there, and we looked at dates and all kinds of stuff. Stuff. We had it sorted. April the 7th. That's when it was supposed to take place. Uh, I was going to fly to Nice and then travel on to Monaco. And we were going to do the uh, the podcast face to face in uh, a hotel in Monaco. But and you all know what the but is. Um, The coronavirus has paid to that because of, um, well, the hotel already cancelled my reservation. Uh, So I I don't know if they're closed down or or whatever it might be. And air travel, if it's still a possibility, doesn't seem like the wisest thing to do uh, right now because um, we need to try and stay away from each other as much as possible. Um, so it was like, oh, is this ever going to happen? But a few more messages, and we decided we would do it on Skype, which we did on Friday night, and it was a thoroughly enjoyable conversation, um, and I hope you are going to to enjoy it. Um, I know from my social media mentions at the weekend there is a, a variance in opinion uh, about sesk. Some people... Uh, still really like him. Some people don't like him because of uh, you know the various things that we're going to talk about in this conversation, leaving Arsenal for Barcelona, coming back to the Premier League to play for Chelsea, and that's fine. I'm not telling anybody how they should think. I just would ask some of the people who have directed uh, messages at him and uh, also to me because I've been involved in this conversation just maybe think about what you're saying online to somebody you know this isn't a uh this isn't a, a faceless entity that you're talking to it is another human being uh, and some of it was really quite unpleasant but i i don't want to dwell on that and i don't want to get hung up on that because this really was a, a fantastic conversation and throughout uh Seska was really open really honest and whether you like some of the things that he says or not you have to appreciate that openness and that honesty and i think that uh you know at the core of any good conversation any good podcast any good interview if you have that i think you have something that's worth listening to and i think this is is very much that um w- we speak about how he came to join arsenal what it was like as a 15, 16-year-old coming into a club, you know, at that time, at the height of its powers, uh, at the height of its success under Arsene Wenger with amazing players, how he developed as a footballer, as a, as a person, the uh, the period where we didn't win things, where he was instrumental, fundamental to the team and and, and probably our best player for a long time, but that wasn't matched. Perhaps in other areas of the team, and we talk about that, we talk about the lack of success, we talk about um, signings we might have made, and perhaps should have made to, to make the team more competitive. We talk about leaving, joining Barcelona, leaving Barcelona, coming back to England, could he have come back to Arsenal? Uh, joining Chelsea. So, you know, it's all in there. So, you know, why don't we just get on with it? And you can uh, stop listening to me talking about the interview and you can actually listen to the interview. So this is me Mm -hmm. and Cesc Fabregas. Right time for a very special guest on a very special Arscast episode. There's no need for a big, long intro talking about uh, who he is, what he's done, because you all know that already. Uh, It's my pleasure to welcome to the show, Cesc Fabregas. Hi, Cesc. Hi, how are you? I'm okay. You're all keeping well over there at the moment.
1: Yeah, well, it's a different situation. Um, You know, you have to get used to it there are circumstances that we cannot control unfortunately Mm. it's all around the world and we need to suffer in the best way we can
0: Mm. well we're going to talk uh, not about coronavirus because i think everybody needs a little bit of an escape from that at the moment (laughs) so we're going to talk about arsenal first and foremost and i'm uh curious as to how the move came about back in 2003 and I just want to remind people that Arsblog was the site which broke that news first and foremost because we had a little (laughs) connection who knew a little something about what was going on there but you know you were 16 years of age you know what what did Arsene Wenger say to you to convince you to come from you know a club like Barcelona your hometown club and and come and join Arsenal?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, um, everything started uh, one day that we finished uh, one of our, our games in Barcelona with the youth team, and I finished. And I, it was normally every Saturday we used to play at ten o'clock, ten a.m. Mm. At at twelve o'clock normally, the Iniesta team, the uh, the Iniesta generation used to play after us. So right. sometimes with my parents, I, I asked them to stay, you know, and watch them play and learn a little bit, and. Um, and I remember that day uh, there was uh, my agent because, uh, you know, at that age already we had agents like very young, you know, especially yeah. these this young players that could potentially, you know, make it and, um, and stuff. But now it's, it's even worse. Now you see players at 13, 12, 10 years old, you know, with, with agents. But at that age, I remember at 15, 16, I, I got uh, this man and he told me, listen, come to me one second. I want to talk to you. And he, he basically said to me that um, that Arsenal are interested in, in me, that mm-hmm. they came to watch me around 30, 40 times already. And uh, I was a bit impressed. I was surprised <laughs> because, uh, obviously, you know, when you are young, you don't think about these things. You just play, you have fun, you, you enjoy sure. with your mates. And, um, yeah, you... you you hear things you feel that you know you you do well and you go to the national to the Spanish national team and people talk well about you, but it's 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 you're too young yeah. to accept or to even realize what could happen so you know I, I didn't give it that much of an importance to be honest and after when the season was going to was getting to an end uh he called us again me and my parents the agent and told us that arsenal wanted to meet us that the there is this scout the head scout that wanted to meet us francisco Gigao. i'm sure you you all yeah. know him well and we met uh in a hotel in barcelona um very close to the to the stadium to the Camno. and it was there where uh he started uh talking and explaining the situation he, he knew everything absolutely everything about me i was wow this this shocked me to be honest because i was uh, i think i still was i was still 15 at that at that time yeah and uh, and he impressed me very much he looked like a very decent man a very very hard worker that was doing his job very well and and he obviously told me that uh, he wanted to invite me and my my parents to london to to, to London Colony to to speak to, to Arsene. Mm. And I was like, what? Are you serious? Like <laughs> <laughs> who am I? You know, like sure. I'm 15 years old. Like Arsen Wenger is, is is the first team coach of, of Arsenal. Like it, for me it's like a picture that I cannot even imagine at that moment. And so you know it, it just happened. We went to London during the summer Steve Rowley came to meet us at the airport. Uh, he gave us a little tour around London. It was a very sunny day that day, actually. One of the few <laughs> so sunny <that> days. <laughs> yeah, that helped a lot. And we had uh, we headed to London Colony, and there was uh, David Dean and Arsene Wenger. And I was like, wow, they just came for me because Arsene was on holiday. He was on Paris. He just flew over to to meet me. And, you know... I was like I didn't know what to say to be honest and then they started talking to to my parents and asking them things about when I was little and stuff <laughs> like that and after we were talking for about an hour uh, they made a proposal which I, I went out of the room because I didn't I didn't even want to hear about it or I was not interested in money or or wherever so I just left uh, it to my parents and and the agent and and after that, you know, they showed me everything at the training ground. I met uh, some people that are still working there. Um, so, everything about that day, I remember like if it was yesterday. Uh, I was a little kid enjoying because, you know, at the end, we all talk about trophies, uh, about uh, great moments. But for me, that was a great moment that I will ne- never be able to forget.
0: Yeah, what were what were the first impressions then? I mean, you had no no hesitation about moving, you know, at sixteen years of age from Spain to London, which is you know a big move at at any age, but you know at sixteen years of age, I know you've got the support structures from the club, but it is still a big decision to make. And from a footballing point of view, you know, was it because you felt maybe your chances were better at Arsenal or? Were there were there other factors in that, or was this just you know this opportunity came and and you were impressed by by Arsene by the club and and it was something you you had to take?
1: It's a bit of everything, to be honest. It's difficult okay. for me to say one thing because uh, everything about it was was just the dream move for me. But it was difficult. I, I will not uh, lie. Not 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 the move in general, because I was 15. And when, but the thing is that when you are uh, 16, no, when your when your birthday comes to 16, mm. then Barcelona signs a contract with you, no? Yeah. Uh, basically, and uh, they the office in Barcelona used to call me every year to sign to renew my contract uh, after the season ended. So when they were calling me and they were calling my parents. Obviously, we were not picking up. So they were phoning, 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 and and we were under pressure because I wanted to be nice and pick up the phone and and say, listen, we are not uh, coming anymore. But they suggested that it was not the best uh, case or the best thing that we could do. So we just ignored them, you know, and uh, it was for me it was difficult. That it's a bit awkward, I, have to, no? I, I have to say because you know you're a young kid uh, I'm I always like to do things the the, the right way of the most honest way and and you realize and now more than ever that sometimes in sport in football sometimes in life you know you you have to do what's best for you you know and, and in that case I had to to make this decision um, which was hard for the age I, I had but I was so confident, so determined to, to go to Arsenal after what I had seen, how they had spoken to me, what they were offering me in the, the sportive way, how Arsenal, the scouts, uh, looked up to me. That that was very, very, very special f- for me. And then I had to analyze as well the situation that was happening in Barcelona in that moment. You know, there was uh, elections, there was um, many things going around, changing mm. presidents, changing coaches, uh, um, and the fact that I had many good players in front of me of the age, you know, in terms of age, like Iniesta, Xavi was just starting to play. You know, he was 22 or oh, 23. He was a young uh, young player. And not many, many kids were coming through the academy at that at that time. Yeah. So I just felt, you know what, let's just uh, give it a shot. You know, I, I have confidence in myself, but... Never, never thinking that I would become like a professional football player or anything. This was always my dream, but it was never something that I, I, I believed that could happen. Because sometimes you see it, you know, as a dream. You know, you see your your heroes uh, play and stuff, and you say you just think to yourself, "Ah, this is impossible. This this is just a dream." So when I first uh, made my debut at Arsenal, it was you know, a very, very special day for me.
0: Mm. I mean, to hear you say something like that is, is kind of amazing because it was very obvious early on that there was, you know, a huge talent. And we know, I think we know that like you can be a really talented footballer and not make it. There are other things which can define you as a professional or your chance, you know, very good players sometimes just don't get an opportunity or sometimes a door opens for a player. Um, (sighs) which gives them a chance that they didn't necessarily expect. But, you know, when you've got Arsene Wenger bringing you over from from Barcelona at that age, he mm-hmm. obviously saw something in you to go to those lengths to, to bring you into the club, particularly when you think about Arsenal at that time had just done the double in 2002 mm-hmm. and they'd won the FA Cup in 2003 um, and should have won the league that season as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know did that give you when you stopped to think about it did that give you a kind of confidence that you're being brought into a club that is you know probably at the 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 top of its powers um, in modern history was that something that you you you, you got confidence for yeah
1: Yeah. because I, I I I was always also talking to to Manchester United because they were calling me and stuff like that but I just felt Arsenal was the club it was the club because um, we analyzed it, you know. Because obviously you are still young, you follow a lot of Barcelona. Uh, it's your, is your, it's your team. You, your your heroes are playing for Barcelona, so you just follow up La Liga more or less. But yeah, I used to really like, for example, Stephen Gerbert For some reason, like he was a special talent when he was a young kid. So I follow Premier League quite a bit, and of course Arsenal were doing really well at that um, mm. at that moment. But but and I I analyzed it with. Uh, with my parents and uh with some friends and stuff and and we thought that arsenal is the club it's, it's they just they are starting to build something special you could see they were winning mm. uh they had a special style of play that Arsenal likes and you know we studied a bit of the situation and mm. and definitely arsenal was the the right move and the right uh, club for me because uh, this is for sure I, I thought it uh, straight away. I, I didn't even think about going anywhere else. That's for sure.
0: Were you, in any way, intimidated by you know coming into a club where the likes of Patrick Vieira, Dennis Bergkamp, Thierry Henry, players of that stature, Robert Perez, were you know so successful, so renowned, so good? Was that in any way intimidating, or did you view that perhaps as an opportunity to to learn from guys like that? And what were what were they like? to a 16-year-old kid
1: from Barcelona coming in the door? No, definitely. I, I took it as an opportunity. But uh, at the same time, I saw it so far away. Like, you're going to Arsenal, and yes, Arsene told me you'll be training with the first team, uh, which, yeah, it's amazing. But you you don't really kind of believe it until yeah. you are there. So I thought it would take a little bit longer. I I, I didn't think that basically straight away I would be competing against them for a place, sure. You know, to 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 be playing uh, regularly uh for the first team. I thought it could take longer. You know, that I had the opportunity to learn that. Uh, you know, to to see how things going. No, basically it happened straight away. You know, uh, uh, so so yeah. But but they they were amazing. Like I have no words of how grateful you know I am to to obviously Arsenal, but but the players. I I, I always say the same thing. I was a privilege. I was so lucky to to be able to be brought up by these great players and great uh, people, mm. great man, great men because uh, you know sometimes you can have a group of players that they don't really care about the young players or they treat them a little bit bad. Me I was lucky. I will tell you why because sometimes you see a bunch of uh, young players like um, 6 or 7 players and, you know, they get on together and stuff. They don't really care about the, the young players, especially nowadays. That, that it's, it's different to what it was before. But me, basically, I was kind of alone. Right. In that uh, first thing, because I was like the little kid. Yeah. I was the little boy. And everyone was taking care of me. And I was making mistakes. They were helping me. They were talking to me. You know, they were making me feel good. They were they were so positive towards me. And, and, and that helped me so, so, so much. Because if you have a seven players to take care of when you are an experienced player. Sometimes you lose the way a little bit, but because it was just me, basically. and Deros unfortunately, was injured, you know, a lot yeah. uh, from from his back the first two years. Uh, there was a few others, like Seb Larson, John Giroux, uh, Ryan Smith, uh, which he had a big injury as well very early on, Quincy, but, you know, that was regularly with them every day. It was me, and, and I, I feel... Privileged and blessed for that, because um, if it happened in a, any other way or in any other situation, I think maybe it could have been different. But I think I was mentally strong enough to to handle every every situation.
0: Is that, is that something that you've taken with you through your career uh, in terms of how you deal with young players and young talent that come through at the teams you've played
1: for? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I remember this so much, because, for example, here at Monaco now, 80% of the kids, of the of the team are kids, so, you yeah. know, uh, even if my French is really not that great yet, you know, I, <laughs> I talk to them a lot, you know, uh, I like to make them feel good, confident, because uh, we all made mistakes, you know, I, even now I, I make uh, lots of mistakes, so imagine a young player who's starting, you know, with a lot of potential like, like here at Monaco, and, and yeah, it's like you are not a coach, but you are becoming to be that experienced player, mature player that uh, sometimes <laughs> I feel that uh, I am uh, implying that, that role of, of, of a coach, you know, inside the dressing room with the young players. Sure. Tell me, uh,
0: tell me about Arsene Wenger and um, about him as, as a coach and the way that he develops you as, as a player and a person. I think we, we all spent so much time um, with Arsene whether it was you know because he was at the club for so long he was there for 22 years and and he became uh, in many ways just kind of part of our existence as as Arsenal fans and we we Mm whether we thought we knew everything about him I'm not quite sure but you when you've had this sort of relationship with somebody for that long you sort of say well this is what this is what he does here and this is what he's like and this is how he deals with players um you know he he likes for players to express themselves and to to get the best out of their talent and you know different managers have have different approaches but but you know having arrived at 16 years of age What was he like with you to kind of develop you as as a player and get you ready because you know you were 16 when you arrived but the the second season you played nearly 50 games i think something like that so you know as a 17 year old you were like right in there and you you were performing to a very high level but but how does he prepare you for that and how does he keep you focused on that that trajectory of development that you have to
1: have Listen, Arsene, Arsene is a very, very honest man. He is outstanding, he was unbelievable with me, and uh, the thing is that, in a way, I was lucky, as you said, because every coach is different, and you know, they all behave uh, in different ways. Arsene gave me total freedom, total freedom to express my talents, uh, everything that, uh, that I had in me, and he never put pressure on you, as a young player, I think he always gave me the, this positive vibe that I know I can do what I I have to do what I what I know that I can do. You know, he didn't ask for anything special. Just be yourself. I mean, look at all the the the, the talents or the the the, the players that Arsenal science. They are basically mm. all intelligent players that understand the game more or less the same way. You will not see. Uh, Arsene trying to sign someone who who just runs because he likes running. No, he likes intelligent players that associate themselves, that understand the Arsenal way, you know. Mm. And uh, I made, as I said, you know, many mistakes sometimes. Uh, Maybe because I was in that growing up in that great team my mistakes were not seen as big as they could have if I was in a worse team, let's say. But uh, Arsene would not say anything to me he would just train me. Sometimes after trainings individually, he will just after everyone's gone, he will keep me there by myself, and he will make me train on something that he thinks I can work with. Uh, my final pass, my left foot, looking uh, uh, behind my shoulders to see that how to how to put my body at the in the right uh, place at the right time. Little things that you don't think they are important, you don't think they are important, but then you train them, and one day you click, and on the pitch you do it by yourself, and they, that makes you a better player. Mm. And uh, on top of that, you know, when he felt it was the right time, he will call you into the dressing room, well, not his dressing room, his office, sorry. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, he will he will tell you what he thinks, what uh, how you're doing, what he thinks you need to improve, but uh, in general, He's very patient, which obviously, now I I understand that nowadays it's more difficult to be patient with young players, but he had that patience with me and with many others that uh, it's very difficult to have in football, uh, in the football world, because everyone wants to win, everyone wants to put pressure on you. If you don't win, uh, you know how it is. Uh, You guys, the fans, the press, everyone is after you. So with me, he had a lot of courage, and uh, forever I'll be grateful for that. you talking about his patience, I mean
0: is one of the things that people have said down the years is that maybe he did need sometimes to be a little more impatient perhaps with with s- some players or s- some performances and and things like that. Would that just have been out of his nature? Was that
1: just not in him? I think he just didn't like to kill a player. yeah. He, he played a lot with the mental aspect of the game and, and, and he he knows, like for example, a player like Thierry Henry or Patrick Vieira, they are so strong mentally. He doesn't need to tell them anything. Mm. You know, like he knows that they know what they have to do. Sure. He knows that they know that if they played bad, the next day they will do better. He didn't need to tell them anything, but in others... Maybe he was, you know, a bit scared that if he, if he tells them something as well, maybe they will collapse. They will put their head down, and he was always, I think, a little bit afraid. I, I never really, maybe in eight years, I saw, I saw Arsene really angry at halftime. I remember one time at Anfield, he lost it there. Uh, maybe a, a couple of times more, but he was that man what you see on the press conference what you see after a, a loss <laughs> when they interview them then when you're in a hot moment yeah. uh, on sky this is who he is he really is like that you know and uh, and maybe sometimes he should have lost it more sometimes i felt that we were playing so poorly that he should have lost it more mm. but this is the way this is the way he is you know uh, he was taking care especially Uh, when I was there my last let's say four or five years we were very young Yeah, you know so the same way that he didn't need to tell anything to Saul Campbell to Lyonberg Dennis and all of this he was a bit afraid I think to tell you know let's say my generation or the group of players that I was with in the last five years something that could you know, potentially have a bad effect to the team.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. That you don't have to tell Saul Campbell or Thierry Henry or or Dennis Bergkamp anything but when you are trying to build a young team and you could see what he was trying to do obviously with the move to the new stadium and the financial restrictions and and trying to build this group of players this this group of young players to to grow together and develop together maybe there is you know sometimes a need to just be a bit more instructive with with young players because uh, as you say you make mistakes and it's how you learn from those mistakes that that allows you to develop
1: yeah, but, but he's instructive, huh? Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he gives instructions and he corrects people. I'm just talking about the way of saying it. Okay. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, uh, for example, uh, I had a Conte, for example, or Luis Aragonés, or mm. even, even Mourinho. They have another approach, yeah. Guardiola. Yeah. The, I will not tell you how it is, but you can imagine. <laughs> I think we can guess. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a different approach. Arsene yeah. had his way. And you cannot say that it was a bad way because, you know, how successful he's been everywhere he's been. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think for me, I see it always in a positive way because uh, of how he dealt with me personally. Mm. After, after we all have our opinions of how we see things, because you will see things in another way that I will see. Or when I'm inside the dressing room, I would, I would say to myself, well, boss, I would have done it or said it in a different way yeah. perhaps, sometimes but listen, he was very stable, Arsen was very very stable and I think when you are so successful for so many years in a world where everyone tries to eat you alive like mm. it's football and you have so much pressure because a coach has so much pressure from the fans from the press, from the players that don't play or from the players that are not happy from the directors in you need to win, you need to win you are making a new stadium uh, you know uh, it's not easy at all. And, and I think the success he's had is because he was so stable in key moments where, you know, he could have said, ah, I just leave everything. I'm, I'm not ready for it. Or uh, he loses there. He loses in another place. And he just kept cool basically 90% of the times. And I think that, that, that made it very, very special the way he did it. Mm.
0: So they were a hugely successful team. Um, had gone the unbeaten season. You won the FA Cup in 2005. And then there was a period where there was no success, um, where the expectations were were here. And because of various factors, obviously um, the emergence of Chelsea as a financial force was a big part of that. And and, um, the success wasn't there. The trophies weren't there. That became a big issue a big burden I think for the club how how much did you guys uh, as players feel that and feel that growing over the years because it was 2005 and obviously 2014 before that was broken with with the FA Cup um but it was building and, and building and you think of opportunities like 2007 2008 where you know we probably should have won the league there were other factors involved in that as well um do do you do you kind of lose belief in a way, like when that oh seven oh eight season happened and and the injuries and and the way things happened towards
1: the end? Does yeah. does that become a psychological burden? Well, I mean, it it depends. It depends. Obviously, even for myself, you know, when I started in two thousand and three with the Invincibles, and even though I didn't play any, any game, I was with them every single day. I. I, I I experienced absolutely everything, mm. like any other first team player, you know, and uh, and uh, I knew what it meant to win, you know. Uh, I remember before um, before a Man United game one day in a, in a training, Patrick Vieira made this crazy tackle on 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 Freddie Lumbert. like and uh-huh. me, I was I, I I didn't know where to look, I, I didn't know what to say <laughs> because I was like, wow we're playing tomorrow a big game and, and this tackle like that and, and lauren comes to me and he says hey you see this is a wake-up call for the whole team because we're doing a terrible training like this and i'm like wow this is this is crazy and and no one said anything and the, the, it, but it's true that after that second after that tackle the level of training improved by 80 percent and these little things that you see from winners from experienced players uh from 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 I mean, fantastic players, you know, mm. uh, world-class players, and and it's true that we, you, the fans, as the young players, the media, everyone got a bit spoiled by that amazing team, and and then we went close the next year to winning the league again. I think we came second. We won the FA Cup against an amazing Manchester United team. Uh, then we reached the uh, the Champions League final, which I still think today we should have won, because 11 against 11, we were the better side. Mm. Even sometimes with 10 players, okay, we were not a threat, maybe, but we were really well-organized, you know, the the Barcelona didn't have chances, uh, basically, and they had an amazing team, Ronaldinho, Eto'o, Xavi, Iniesta, Van Bommel, Puyol, I mean, Mm. what, what can you say? So, we were close, I mean, but it's true that after that, you know, when you... When you have big, big, big figures, uh, you know, like Ashley Cole, like uh, Patrick, like Edu, uh, after, you know, a few years, one or two years, Thierry goes as well. (laughs) How do you replace these players? I mean, you know, you will find one, maybe, that can be as good as uh, Saul Campbell or Patrick Vieira, but you will not find... Five or six, like like them, you know. Yeah. And uh, obviously, there was the the change to 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 the Emirates, which was economically a big big step for for the club. Um, there was, you know, not much uh, money to to spend on players, uh, and that even if you don't want to accept it, it's a big you know minus. Yeah. compared. Against the Chelsea's, against the United's, because uh, you know football. At the end of the day, it's uh, all about uh, not all, but it's uh, a lot about the the money and how much you can spend to to pay players and to mm. to spend players. So we didn't have that on our side, and I still think uh, we came close a couple of times, as you as you mentioned. But uh, but yeah yeah um, it was it was frustrating to you know to compete, to give your all, uh, playing for Arsenal, knowing that uh, the last few years have been so successful and then all of a sudden not winning. Uh, I think we all enjoyed playing at the Emirates, uh, having a beautiful, fantastic stadium with so much capacity, but uh, but yeah. I think as a fan, you will tell me better than anyone that you want to win, sure. no, uh, you want to win trophies, you want to yeah. celebrate, and I don't blame you for that, but uh, I think the club and Arsene said, okay, we have this beautiful stadium for the future, maybe we will pay for it in a, mm. in, in trophies for a couple of years, but we will come back, I think this this was the thought of the club. 36% better on average compared to other
0: leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a
1: $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. shopify.com slash work.
0: Did do you feel like it, uh, maybe the balance wasn't quite right at times between youth and experience and you mention all those big players who came and went and uh, you know, the idea of growing a young squad together is a really great one if it works. And, you know, to an extent it did, but I remember at the time certainly feeling like we're just one player, maybe two players away from getting the mix exactly right. I remember I remember <laughs> summers where, for example, we were linked with Chavi Alonso and you think, wow,
1: what would have happened if we there's could one, have... Uh, I, I was with Xavi on the phone the whole summer he was dying to come oh. he, he was like literally begging everyone to, to go to to Arsenal he really wanted to come and I, I to be honest I, I did my best I'm sure you did <laughs> to, I spoke to who I had to, to speak I, I gave my opinion I, I thought that he was a fantastic addition for us at that time and yeah, I have to say that uh, a couple of times like that I was frustrated by the lack of push, the final push, you know what I sure. mean? Sure, yeah, 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 I know exactly. That it's so close, the the player is dying to come, the player is dying to be so easy to make this deal. I, I'm not, I, I mean, I'm not a you know, a direct, I see it from a player's point of view, yeah? because yeah. me, if I wanted to go somewhere, like, I went to Arsenal, I do my everything to go to Arsenal, and I, I see that when a player wants to go somewhere, it's easy. Forget contracts, forget... Uh, okay, sometimes it's more difficult uh, if you have a long contract or something, but normally it should happen. Mm. And, uh, yeah, Xavi Alonso was one of them that... Uh, I mean, I was living it day-to-day day because he was texting me all the time. I remember the whole holiday, I was talking to him, he was texting me what's happening, and, uh, yeah... It was a uh, it was a shame because I think it would have been a great 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 addition to to that team. Yeah, he was he was made for Arsenal, I think.
0: I think so too. He would have been fantastic. The two of you in midfield together is something. I'm sorry that we didn't get to see uh, at some point. So look, th- things at Arsenal um, aren't necessarily successful in the way that they were before, but on an international level, um, they obviously were amazing uh, for you and amazing for Spain in 2010. Uh, you win the World Cup, uh, which is an incredible thing for any football player uh, <laughs> to provide the assist for the goal mm-hmm. in the final. Um, around that time, of course, we all started hearing a lot about your, your Barcelona DNA. Um, the, the newspapers over there talked a lot about it. And some of the Barcelona players talked a lot about your Barcelona DNA and the speculation in the newspapers. Was that difficult to deal with? Was that a distraction in any way? Um, you know, obviously, we all know and understand your connection w- with that club. Um, what was it like at that time? I mean, I'm thinking of, for example, when Pepe Reina put the jersey over you at that celebration. Yeah, and-
1: yeah but this thing, I mean, I understand everything. Eh? But first of all, it was, uh, he stopped me literally because... You know in that moment you just want to work up you're drunk you didn't sleep for for <laughs> for ages you're excited the adrenaline he comes from your back whatever you just you just get on with it you know it's it's a situation mm. that okay then they they the two players put you up like they, they don't let it take it out from you so yeah it's so it's something that if if I can go back and do it the way I want things to be done I would have never done that so it happened and You know, I mean, for the moment and me leaving it in first person, being there and understanding the situation where imagine you win the World Cup, like Mm. you you do stupid things like you cannot even imagine. Like you're having a dream. It's like you never expected when you're a child you will win the World Cup. So, of course, you can offend people sometimes doing stupid things and make mistakes. But uh, I know from my heart that it's not something that it was up to me. It's not something that I... I planned or wanted to do so Mm. you know I'm sorry for it and uh, uh, and of course I would have done it differently but it's not something major big that uh, that uh, concerns me a lot uh, personally but uh, but yeah nothing affected me because very little things affected me to be honest when I when I am training or playing it has to be something so big related to 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 my family directly or, or to to my kids that could distract me a little bit. But when I once I step into a football pitch, I don't care what people say. I don't I don't care what people think of me. I just play my best. Mm. And uh, I think uh, over the years, I I proved that you know uh, I played uh, for Arsenal with fever. I played for Arsenal with a broken leg. I played for Arsenal when my granddad died. One morning we were playing. Um, uh, who were we playing uh, the night? at The night against the Belgium team. I forgot in the Champions League, and I played the whole game. Uh, and after that, I took a private plane and I flew to, to his funeral. I mean, I would do it all over again in terms of my sacrifices for for that club. I know that I did absolutely everything that I that I could, and I I, I gave. With pleasure and with satisfaction, because mm. this is a club that gave me absolutely everything. And to today, anyone that talks about badly about Arsenal in front of my face, I, you know, I, I, I will I will not accept it because uh, Arsenal is part of me, always will be part of me, and uh, it's probably you know one of the the places where I felt most loved in my life in my sure. career obviously but in, in my life as well what about the the
0: summer of 2011 then when the move to Barcelona came about um, there's so much in the newspapers whether it's in the English papers whether it's in the Spanish papers and, and we know that the uh, the two papers El Mundo Deportivo and, and Sport are very Barcelona focused so there's, there's there are all these stories emerging at the time and there's a lot going on at Arsenal I think at that time as well I mean how much of what happened that summer did I don't want you to necessarily tell secrets or anything like that, but is there stuff that went on that summer? Because if if you were to ask me, we get a question sometimes for the podcast, like if you could ask Arsene Wenger one question, what would it be? And my hmm. question is always like, what the fuck happened in the summer of 2011? That it was just all so chaotic, and and you know it ended with that Old Trafford thing and the 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 signings and what have you. But the situation with yourself that had gone on for that summer with with Nasri, etc., cetera, etc. I mean, mm. how much was going on behind the scenes there that
1: fans weren't aware of? Listen, it's it's a shame that we we are not doing this interview like face to face and in you know, on a video because uh, <laughs> I'd like to see I like to show my face, you know, when I when I talk like this because sometimes it can be a bit um, not interpreted very well. But uh, this comes from from long before, you know. As I said, I gave absolutely everything for the club, here, uh, and of course I was very well paid for it. And and, and but really I took it. I think with Arsenal, I took it so deep. I, I was so in love with the whole club, with the whole situation. I was a captain. I always felt so much pressure, but a good pressure to put on myself, you know, to say I have to lead this team to win something. This was my absolute dream. Mm. The, probably the, now, after winning the the, the the World Cup, winning with Barcelona, so the Champions League or something, this was my absolute dream. To, to, to win something as a captain of Arsenal Football Club, and I gave everything. And sometimes, you know, I used to go home, and after we lost or something, you, I used to cry, I used to suffer, I was living alone. I, I spent sleepless nights uh, suffering, and then you, you lose a game, you are in the in the bus like this, destroyed, and then you hear you know some players laughing uh, thinking about where they will be going out later and stuff like that and this this was going on for for a few years uh and yeah we were playing beautiful football and i really enjoyed that side of uh, of of everything but i was putting so much pressure on myself to do well to lead to do everything that, that i think at one point i felt kind of lonely
0: mm-hmm.
1: i think in especially in the last 2 3 years I felt Robin was, and probably Samir, were the players that, uh, it's not an arrogant thing to say, this is how I felt at that time, you know, I, I, I will be completely honest here, but I, I felt that they were the players that were kind of my level mentally and, and, and technically and, and whatever you want to call it. Robin was, I couldn't count on him, unfortunately, for many parts of the season because he was injured. Yeah, He was a world-class player, a leader, he was helping me a lot, but he couldn't help me on the pitch f- for many seasons, unfortunately, mm. many parts of the, of the, of the year, because uh, and I, I, when, I, when I first left, and I saw the season he made after, uh, straight after I left, that he was not injured at all, he was at the peak of his level. Yeah. yeah. Physically, I was like, are you serious, man? So <laughs> I, I leave, so many things came into my head, I, I have to admit, I, I came, I, I was a bit empty. I, I was drained a little bit, let's say, you know, uh, mentally, physically, in my soul, knowing that I am giving everything that, as I said to you, a couple of signings that I knew that could have happened and the club or, or something, they didn't make the effort to happen when I know that this can be what mm. you were saying, you know, one, two players away from making a difference. And I have to say that I asked I ask to leave in 2010 after that the World Cup. I I asked to leave. I asked... Uh, Arsen, I was uh, very serious about it and he told me absolutely not it's impossible and uh, I pushed it to be honest a little bit but uh, he he said I went to his house I went to his office but uh, he said no chance and he, we kind of agreed that if the next season was going to be the same then that he would look into it so again I'm happy to be where I am. I do a great preseason. I feel great physically. Then that year, I have a little bit of of injuries. We still fight for the league until the last, I don't remember exactly now, but until the last four or five games. Mm. And uh, once we we lose it, I think we lost at Bolton. That was my first, my last ever game for Arsenal, I think. And uh, that day when we lost two one, I think if I remember correctly, I I kind of gave up. Unfortunately, is a really bad word to say, but uh, I was drained mentally, and uh, I just I, I didn't think I could do it anymore. I needed a new motivation. I needed a new challenge. I needed people surrounding me that. That are living for football, that are giving ac- absolutely everything, you know, for the game as I as I used to, or as I was doing, and uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't meant to be. So yes, in 2011, I, I said enough is enough, mm. and uh, and I really I really pushed it, and you know, because I, I, I will tell you something, and I'm very very honest. Playing for Barcelona was my, my dream. Definitely, since I was little. But uh, being at Arsenal, mm, with all of, how all of you treated me, how how I felt everything every time I stepped into Highbury, into into the Emirates. I mean, I, I think you know there was no game that you know I, I couldn't I couldn't feel your love even even if I didn't play well or you know I was going through a bad moment. But uh, I just. I just felt I, I couldn't give you more than I, that I could. And I, I, I felt at that moment, because now I'm nearly 33 and I think about many things and you can regret things and stuff, but I'm telling you how, what I was thinking at that moment. Sure. And at that moment, I I, I just thought that uh, my ambitions, my, my individual ambitions and my, my mentality was how can I explain that? Uh,
0: not in line my, with some of what was happening right. at the club?
1: Yes, yes, something something like that, something like that and seeing some behaviors from certain uh, players or, or something like this made me feel that I wanted to, to check something else. but for sure, one thing I know is that uh, if it was not because of that, maybe i would have left arsenal eventually but never at that time hmm. never at 24 years old when i'm about, because i picked very early as well in my career and, and i thought arsenal was made for me and it was the right club for me the perfect club for me i would say and uh and i i would i would not have left Arsenal at least for another two three years until then i would have seen xavi you know half uh, 33 34 and then made the, 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 the move at the right time, but I felt, I felt uh, I just had to, I, you know, it's, it's one of these things that you, you are working and working and working, giving your all, and I used to take it so personally, every, every loss, I'm thinking it's my fault, it's my fault, it's my fault, and uh, stuff like this, and and yeah, little things that didn't go our way as well, made me made me take the decision before, that I should have or that I I would have.
0: Sure. I mean, I think you've probably answered this already, but, you know, you, you talk about it now at 33 years of age and you think about, you know, uh, I think back to when I was 24 and trying to make decisions that big. Uh, I guess there are things that when you look back on it, perhaps you might do slightly differently or you might expect um, people at Arsenal to have done differently. Like, could that situation have been... Smoother for everyone that summer, or was it just because of
1: Listen, because the, the of the? Business, it's, it's a difficult business. one, yeah. yeah. Listen, I, I, I'm very, very honest. I, I, the only thing that that kills me in a way is that I had to be so pushy to Arsene. Mm. The guy that gave me absolutely everything. The guy that had confidence in me to put me at sixteen years old, the one that made me start games, big games at seventeen the guy that made me have my debut for the Spanish national team because without him, Luis Aragonese would not have taken me going to a World Cup at 19. I, I owe everything to him, all my career. I know that. After I had to work for it and I think I worked very, very hard to, to, to earn his trust and it was up to me many times to, to prove him right. But uh, that is one of those things that I don't feel well with it because mm. I, I pushed my move in 2011. That's for sure. I did things that I'm not proud of, but if I didn't do it, it would have never happened. And I, it had to happen at that moment. I, I just couldn't have another year of, yeah, we play well, but... Next year, next know, year, next year, yeah. Next year, and next year, and next year. You have to think, uh, uh, a season is long. A season is very long, mm. and you go through these moments yeah and you've been strong and determined and positive because you you have to understand at 21 I was captain I was making meetings by myself to Saul Campbell came back Lemon came back I was leading the meetings to them you have to understand it is this is big for a 21 years old you know I, I was sure. leading that team and I did it with all my power with all my love with all my determita- determination that's that's 100% sure I'm very proud of what I gave to the club but that month that month i i felt bad i cannot say i regret it, because it in that moment is what i felt is what it had to happen for 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 everything for my head for my body for my my heart uh, i just felt it was enough even though i didn't want it believe me <laughs> believe me did i didn't really i didn't really want it uh, to go that early to barcelona because i didn't feel maybe it was the right time i knew there was so many players in my position. Uh, I spoke to to Pep, and I knew that I would play, and I knew that. Uh, and in fact, my first year in Barcelona is, is amazing. We win four trophies. I score in two finals. We lose against Chelsea in that semi final. That you will lose only once out of a uh, hundred. But uh, but yeah, overall, overall, I think it was too early for me to make that move. But I just I just had to. What was. What was it
0: like then at, at Barcelona, at the club that you grew up with, and and you know playing in that stadium? As you said, it was it was a dream, and I suppose you know the dream of being a professional footballer is one thing, and this this Arsenal opportunity comes along. But I suppose as a as a small kid, as you know, if you support a team to get to play for that team uh, and a team that you know at that time was yeah, so you good,
1: yeah, you have to understand that. Um, I remember uh, Pep took Barcelona took over Barcelona 2008. Mm. I have a meeting, uh, well, uh, Pera Guardiola, his brother, worked for Nike and I was a Nike player then. So he, one time in in the summer, he calls me and he asked me to meet me at the Ray Juan Carlos next to the stadium. So I go to meet him about maybe something about Nike or something, he told me, do you want to play for Barcelona? And I said, I'd love to play for Barcelona one day definitely like this I was 20 21 and he said you have to come Pep wants to to build this amazing thing this was his first year eh? he mm-hmm. didn't he was about to start and i I just didn't feel like it you know because it was I was happy sure you know, this, this is what I'm trying to say the same way that at 2021 I said no I'm so happy there uh, it's made for me this club it's 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 amazing. I think it's too early. At 24, after I gave basically my all, you know, uh, and my mind was exhausted. Uh, to 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 be honest, uh, I took a completely different road, but I still think it was too early. Mm. But I just uh, I did it. I I just had to.
0: So let's talk about the return to England. And at the time, certainly I would have loved to have seen you come back to Arsenal. A lot of Arsenal fans would have loved to have seen you come back. Was that ever a possibility? We heard about buyback clauses and, and all those kind of things. Was it a possibility? Was it something that was discussed? Was yeah. was it something you would have been open to?
1: I think, uh, I, think I said it in an interview uh, a long time ago. Um, the The reality, this is how it is, and and the only the only way it is. <laughs> um, uh, once I decide to to leave Barcelona, um, Arsenal, I put in a in the in the contract that uh, Arsenal can have a um, a clause to to buy me back if I decide to to leave uh, Barcelona one day, and the clause was that uh, once. I decide to leave and I have the permission of the Barcelona president that uh, Arsenal will have the first option whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Before any club Arsenal will have the first option and I cannot speak to any other club for one week until Arsenal makes a decision if they want it or not. So um, my agent uh, Darren Dean uh, um, obviously is the son of David Dean and a very very good friend of Arsenal, and uh, they know the families very well. So Ars- uh, Darren spoke to to Arsenal. Um, he didn't give him an answer, to be honest. And uh, and then we just had to wait one full week to see if Arsenal responded. And and then definitely this was my first option hmm. in, in my mind. I'm telling everyone I'm going to Arsenal. This is this is what I want. Uh, Arsen, Gazidis, and everyone or nobody basically said anything for a week. And then the the pass uh, and me, I, I didn't want to be a beggar, you know, like uh, we told them once, they know the situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even one week they haven't said anything because they straight away, I, I knew that probably they didn't want me back. So they could have just said after three hours, no, 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 we are not interested. So straight away I could have spoken to other teams. Yeah. They waited the whole week without <laughs> giving me a response and still since then no response whatsoever but uh, after the week I had to take uh uh my my chances my solution I I had Manchester City uh I had Manchester United and then I spoke to Mourinho which I didn't think it would ever happen, to be honest. He knows that and everyone knows that because of what happened when I was at Arsenal and Chelsea, Barcelona, Real Madrid, many, many things. But to be honest, after I left the room with Mourinho, I said to, to Darren, I said, uh, that's it. I don't need to talk to anyone else. I'm going to Chelsea. There was no money involved, nothing. What he told me, the team that he wanted to make, uh, what he thought of me, what he where he wanted me to play, what, uh, how he wanted me to play, absolutely every game, and this is what I wanted. Uh, on top of that, it's London, it's not Manchester. Sure, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I love London. for me London is is my home, and that was a big fact. And I knew that this would have a lot of repercussion with Arsenal. Mm. It could have been, to be honest, it could have been similar if I went to city or, or United because the, the most important is that I wanted to go to the Premier League first of all I wanted to go to back to Arsenal because Arsenal I felt it's it's always my home and, and what I lived there you know probably I haven't lived it anywhere uh, in terms of of, of everything but uh, but I wanted to go back to the Premier League that's that's for sure I didn't want to go to Italy or another club in Spain because after Real Madrid and Spain I thought, that I still my level was very very high and mm. I wanted to play for a very good club and in Spain for example after Real Madrid and Barcelona, the other clubs are, yeah they're they are good but uh, not the the same level and I thought uh, you know, going back to the Premier League was the best for me, but after um, Ars um, Arsenal didn't didn't come back to me I had to make a decision, uh, for my career I cannot just retire at uh, <laughs> 27. You should have. Um, <laughs> I'm joking, and uh, and I just felt for many things that Chelsea was the the, the, the right uh, solution at, at that time and and to be honest uh, thank God that I took that decision because uh, I know it can be uh, controversial uh, with the Arsenal fans and, and everything but uh, these five years I've been very happy there mm. I have to say uh, you know I uh, Um, we've won everything in England, uh, the most uh, winning team in in English football in the the time that I've been there. So, you know, playing some great football at times, uh, you know, I have to say that with the fans, there's been a connection impeccable, which I, obviously, my performances had to keep up because, uh, you know, when someone comes from from Arsenal, probably you are the point of reference, but uh, I think we always had a great... Understanding and I have to say I've, I've been so happy there. So happy and everyone treated me really good. So we can always guess oh, what would have happened or anything, but the reality is that I went there, won two Premier Leagues, which was my dream. Uh, you know, FA Cups, League Cups, uh, Europa League, so you know, in the end, it was uh, it was meant to be, and very happy for the choice I made.
0: Sure, and and that sort of, as you said, it has some implications for your relationship with with some Arsenal fans, who uh, obviously football fans by their very nature are, are partisan. You know, so you can be a hero here, and you can be an absolute villain if you go there. But Absolutely. is that is that something that you you even think about? You know, as a as a professional, this is your job is that a consideration when you make a decision
1: uh, like the one yeah, th- that you made definitely, i mean we are we are not robots uh, we have our <laughs> feelings we have our hearts uh, i cannot deny that probably at arsenal i had the the, the best years of my life i can, this will ne- nobody will take this away from me sure. they were eight years beautiful years okay it's true we we didn't win as much as I would have liked to, or, or people would have expected it, but I played the Champions League final. I was part of. Okay, I didn't win it. It doesn't count as I won it, but I was part of the invincible team that I. I learned so much. I experienced every day with them. Uh, won the FA Cup. Uh, we played uh, League Cup finals. Uh, we made some good runs in the Champions League, getting semi-finals and and stuff like that. Things that nowadays uh, you don't see with Arsenal. For you know. Mm. Uh, you go, you get knocked out in the group stage or in the last 16. So, you know, before with what I think it was a worse team, not a worse team, but not a better team like now or the last three, four years with Cazorla. With, um, it didn't with have Ozil. the investment,
0: certainly, did it? You know, it didn't have the investment back then that the team has had recently.
1: So That's why I always thought that, as you said and mentioned very well, that with two, three players uh, more, uh we would have uh, won something i I'm, I'm convinced of that and and at the end as well you know you you have to you have to make a decision there are types of players like let's say toti toti i think he won very few titles with uh, with roma but he stayed there the, the whole life probably he'll have uh, is is basically roma is toti you know when they when they talk about it but then when he looks back at his uh, career is 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 he what he is it what he wanted or not? You know what what he could have played for, let's say Real Madrid and win the Champions League or mm. win many other things. God knows, you know. Everyone diff it's different and everyone has different feelings. Maybe him being in Roma from Roma, uh, being third in the league was enough for him. You know, even if he if he didn't win. And then, for me, that wasn't enough. You know, mm. uh, I felt that my ambition at one point, as I said to you before, was. On a higher level than what I felt the club had. I'm not talking about Arsene because I still believe that Arsene didn't have as much to say as people think he did. But uh, do you mean do you mean in terms of terms of money transfers in, yeah. and uh, how much how, how much could he get to 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 the to the level that he could you know sure. after there are people on top of him that make even uh, bigger decisions so so yeah that's that's basically it um you're you're 33 now and
0: do you think about what happens when you stop playing I'm not suggesting that's gonna happen anytime soon but you know <laughs> as as uh, somebody I who is.
1: was <laughs> <laughs> I don't know for how long it will be. It, yeah.
0: Okay. Well, you know, get well soon. Uh, <laughs> but in the longer term, do mm. you do you see uh, your life in football continuing? Is coaching something you would want to move into? Is management yeah. something you want to move into?
1: Definitely, definitely, definitely. It's uh, uh, my life is football. <laughs> I mean, I, isn't, there's no day that I'm not watching. Uh, I'm not watching a game like. Uh, in the, how long I left Arsenal 2011? That's nine years. I, I I I've missed maybe what 20 games. Uh, you know I'm a, I'm a fanatic. I'm, a, I'm sick. You know in this <laughs> uh, in this case, but uh, you know I love football a lot. I I I hope I can play for another three four years. And then after that, uh, yeah, it's something that I want to do straight away. I want to take my budget straight away as soon as I finish and and start very quickly, yeah.
0: Okay. Can I just finish, because I know I've taken up quite a bit of your time and I really appreciate it, and I'm sure everybody listening will appreciate this as well, but can I just ask you a couple of quick ones to finish off? If you can do it, I don't know if you can, but can you tell me your favorite Arsenal goal?
1: My one? The one I scored? Yeah. Uh pfft it has to be something against Spurs for sure one <laughs> of the two I scored against Spurs because they were actually beautiful but uh, yeah probably my my, my best goal Yeah, was that, that goal against Spurs at the Emirates when straight away after Robin scored yeah. first after the kickoff we get the ball and I, I still don't know how I did it to be honest but, uh, <laughs> but uh, it was amazing at the right time <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it's one of these moments that uh, you don't forget for sure.
0: No, that was a brilliant goal. I do remember we hadn't finished celebrating the first goal. And it was like, so. what?
1: What?" It wasn't even shown on TV, I think.
0: Though they literally, I think they it's cut to it about... Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it happened that quickly. Um, and just finally, a, a, a favourite Arsenal game that you were involved in. Um, favourite, well. mm um not necessarily the one in which you played best but just you know yeah, one which yeah. perhaps lives longest in your memory.
1: Oof there are many huh? there are many many many. Um I, just because we won the title I think that game against uh, Manchester United in the FA Cup against an amazing uh, United team we were playing without Thierry Henry uh, he was injured. I played that game, and I did, I didn't expect to to play. To be honest, we played in the n three in midfield, Gilberto, Patrick, and I. And um, yeah, I think uh, it was my second trophy. Well, Community Shield, and then straight away winning the FA Cup was uh, was something very special. very special, and I was uh, very happy that day. I remember. But there's many like San Siro winning the first, being the first yeah. English team. It was a good goal as well. Uh, yeah yeah, it was a good goal I think the goalkeeper was a bit my friend but, uh, <laughs> it's alright we'll take that uh, yeah that game against Spurs the 5-4 oh at, yeah, yeah. Why uh, was an amazing game uh, Villarreal at Villarreal when James Lehmann saves the penalty that um, mm. brings, us, uh, brings us to the Champions League final there are many to be honest many many that I can't recall but uh, but yeah Every, every game playing for Arsenal was very special, to be honest. Right. Well, listen, uh, I'm going to leave it there.
0: And thank you very much again for your time. It's great to finally have had this conversation. We've been planning it or trying to make it happen for yeah. Yeah. a long time a long time and I'm glad we finally did. I really appreciate you talking to me, Sask. Thanks a million.
1: Thank you so much and just a quick message to the Arsenal fans because I don't have many times to to do that, <laughs> but uh, I left in a in a quick way 9 years ago and I still didn't have the time to talk to them much, but uh, thank you for everything that uh, they have done for me. I know that uh, sometimes, you know, the things are, have been said and some lie, something's true, something's not, but I know, you know, real fans and, 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 and every single one of you have a, a little bit uh, of me in their heart. Me the same for all of you and uh, thank you and hopefully we'll see each other soon very, another time. Thank you so much.
0: There you go. That was me and Sesc Fabregas. And I just want to say a big thank you to him again for for taking the time for sitting down and having that conversation with me for this podcast and for being so so forthright throughout. Uh, like I said at the start, I'm not here to tell anybody what they can or should think about CESC. Uh You know, people have their own opinions and that's fine. But maybe after listening to this, you might have a slightly different perspective. Maybe not. Maybe it just confirms everything you already knew in your head. Either way, I hope you enjoyed listening to it. And uh, hopefully it will, you know, spark some debate and conversations, polite, mannerly conversations, if you don't mind. As ever, I just want to thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us uh, in everything that we do here on the site. It's really uh, very much appreciated. Uh, It's strange times that we're living in, and hopefully this hour or so has taken your mind off some of the stuff that's going on outside there. And, uh, you know, we will do our best to keep it going uh, over the weeks and months ahead. I'll leave it there for now, though. Um, You take care of yourselves. Stay well. Stay healthy. um, Stay out of big groups. Wash your hands. Do all that stuff. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Until then, cheers. Bye-bye.